Thank you so much for tuning in to the Attack and Release show again. My name is Sam Moses. I'm with my good friend Matt Garber, who is also a mastering engineer. And today we wanted to talk to you about room setup and monitoring. We want to cover things such as acoustic treatment, how to set up your room, diffusion, monitors, should you buy passive, active, should you mix in headphones, or should you not? So, Matthew, are you ready? I am ready, Sam. Excellent. Let's start by talking about why this is important. Why should you care about setting up your room and why you need to be concerned about how your room translates to other uh, mediums, Matthew? Yeah, and it's it's that's kind of for like you'll you'll see some stuff on YouTube and whatnot about some guys who they'll make a studio out like of a say of a corner of a bedroom or something like that. And, yeah, um, <clears throat> on these. Uh, Little Logitech speakers are like little tiny pre-sona speakers, and I mean nothing. Nothing's wrong with that. It just, I mean, Logitech you'd probably want to use just for reference monitoring, but yeah. Um, I mean, you you really want to set yourself up to succeed, and um, the end goal is making sure that what you are doing uh, is going to translate well out of your room. Right, and by that I mean <clears throat> what you are hearing in your room. Will you be hearing? the exact same thing out of your room. Yeah. And how much are you eliminating the noise that your room creates, all the nodes and all this stuff that you're going to be compensating for EQ and compression, et cetera. Right. Um, you're going to be compensating for that. So essentially you're going to either be boosting or cutting those frequencies and treating stuff that's actually not in the mix that's in your room. Right. Um, and this can go for mixing, it can go for mastering, I mean, it can go for tracking as well. And it's yeah. really why you need to learn your room really before you even begin treating it. Right. So translatability, um, <clears throat> it goes from everything to it needs to sound the same coming out of the regular speakers out of an iMac, from an iPhone, from uh, earbuds plugged into your phone or Bluetooth or into a car right. or... Whatever. When you get into Spotify and whatnot, it'll it'll be a little bit different just because you have some encoding and stuff like that that yeah. happens. And if something's uh, bounced extremely loud volumes, like minus three or something like that, I mean, it's going to attenuate those down. Right. And it's definitely going to sound different. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but in general, we need to talk about how to get what you're hearing uh, in your room to sound like that outside as opposed to you go to your car and you're like, oh, crap, and you're panicking. Right. Um, so all of this is uh, pretty darn important. So, right. Uh, yeah, you want to you wanna hop onto that one at all, Sam? Yeah, I think like over the last 10 years of doing audio stuff, for me, um, the thing I didn't realize was that if you can't hear what you're working on correctly, every move you make and every breath you take is essentially wrong. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And in all seriousness, you can't properly fix things that you can't hear correctly. Um, 100%. And that's why, you know, a plug for using a master engineer is that I literally hear things in my room that most people have never heard because either their speakers can't recreate it or their room is hindering them from hearing it. Yes. And 
that's one of the major reasons why, you know, we get, I mean, I get asked all the time, why should I hire you to master it and not have my producer do it? Because the mix sounds good and we're pretty happy with it. What can you do that, um, that we can't, essentially? And my answer is usually like, it probably does sound really good, not questioning that, but most likely I'm about to hear things that you didn't even know were existing in your song. Mm-hmm. And with... Like, if I can hear those things, then I can adjust them, enhance them. I can enhance the good things you're not even hearing. I can fix the low end that's, like, probably pretty cool and thumpy that, you know. And it's not that, like, you physically are unable to hear them. It's right. that there's something that is prohibiting you from hearing Absolutely, it. yeah. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not that I have... Um, golden ears. Golden or... ears, as the mastering community calls it. Um no, I, I have a room that is set up for critical listening and to reproduce frequencies basically beyond what we can even hear. Um, and most people don't have that setup. And so um, I, I preach to the mixers I work with and producers that the number one thing you can do before you, for me, like before you buy gear or... I don't know, whatever preamp you think you need um, or microphone, like get your room set up correctly um, and treat it correctly and have someone come help align your room and tune your room who's a professional in that so that then when you actually hear what's coming out of your speakers, it's actually what is there. And then from there you can actually decide, do I need to boost here or do I need to cut here? Do I need to compress this? Do I not need to compress this? Or is it my room? Or is it my room, yeah. And one of the biggest things, sometimes people hire me to come to their studio, and I'm not an expert at it, but I know, I mean, I have a, I hire someone to come do my room, but I've learned a bunch of things over the last 10 years, and one of the biggest things that I find people have an air with is their monitors are not at all... Um, equal or at unity when they both show that they're actually on like say zero on the back Mm. Um, I just did a studio with a a guy in his basement last week and he had a pair of uh, KRKs that were both set up to be at zero on the back everything was identical, angles were correct we had 60 degrees going and we took measurements, SPL measurements on uh, C weight which is what I would recommend I mean you can debate A and C but um, and we found that the right monitor was almost 3 dB softer um, than the left monitor, and supposedly they were both, you know, set at unity, essentially. That's um, wild. And it was the monitors, we, we checked the cables, we checked the ins and outs of uh, his Apollo, and all that seemed to be correct um, within, you know, a tenth. But the monitors themselves, it was almost a 3 dB difference. So that's crazy. So what were you doing? Were you just measuring like pink noise or what? Yeah, we were measuring pink noise um, the whole time. Hmm. And really, I mean, you could you could basically measure with whatever if you wanted to do this at home, because as long as you have some sort of reference, you can at least see like is it one or is it two? You know, <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we were we were dialing into like eighty five dB, and um, yeah. The, the right one was different. So I think that's a big mm. thing is like when people set up their room, you can go online and read all about like the golden ratios of like 60 degrees and where to place your monitors and where to place yourself. And 
then set your monitors up and think, well, surely if this says zero and this says zero, they must be equally putting out the same amount of sound, you know, SPL. And most of the times I've found, and this is even true of my old Genelex that I use, like they are about, about it was about 0.8 dB um, off. So we adjusted mm. that. Um, and that's, you know, I think that's way more common than people, like they just don't realize that that's something. And that, I mean, that's huge. That throws off phase, it throws off the panning, that throws off your stereo image, it throws off the phantom, like vocal, like where the vocal sits. Um, so that's, you know, that's something that I'm really passionate about with like treating your room and setting it up. Um, and hiring someone to come do that for you, it will literally pay for itself within, I don't know, a month for the amount of time you save. Um, and for me, like, I don't even reference anywhere else anymore. I truly don't. Like, I will not reference in car or earbuds or anything until I'm like done with it in my studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm just listening to it. But I make all my adjustments when I mix and master. Um, in my studio, on my setup, because it's just become the most accurate place. And it's set up correctly, so now I know confidently, like, this is going to translate. And I think that's where, like, people got into having multiple sets of monitors, or, like, I want to check on headphones and earbuds and all Mm -hmm. these things. And you only have to do that when your room is not set up correctly. (laughs) Like, in... I mean, you could you could make the argument, yeah, those speakers have different frequency responses, so they kind of skew even a perfect image, you know, or a perfectly mm-hmm. flat mix or master, which is not the goal. Flat is not the goal, <laughs> not what we like. Um, but, you know, I found that once I made the switch to really focus on my room and getting it phase-aligned and tuned, that everything got better, my workflow got way faster and people literally were saying like this sounds so much better like whatever you're Mm. doing and it's like well I'm just hearing it better now (laughs) you know no new gear no new anything I just got a guy yeah I just got a guy (laughs) so um, so yeah that's kind of like why I'm so passionate about it because it changed my life (laughs) like it did I don't know how else to Mm-hmm. to tell people but whenever they ask me like what monitor should I buy or what you know what should I what compressor should I get next it's like well have you treated your room yet still no haven't done that yet or I want the I've, gear yeah and it's because room treatment and phase aligning isn't sexy like there's nothing fun about mm-hmm. that <laughs> to be able to be like yeah I got my room phase aligned as opposed to like yeah I just bought like a tube tech <laughs> multi-band compressor like, you can't get a lot of Instagram posts about right. a phase-aligned room. Yeah, although I did post about it. So, <laughs> But anyway, how many times did you post about it? Just once. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's my rant on why it's important to set up your room. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about if you are going to set up your room like what kind of treatment or absorption or diffusion, kind of explaining that, Matthew? Yeah, uh, specifically because no one really talks about it. Exactly. Um, But uh, real quick about my room, I don't have it phase-aligned. I'd like for it to be, but I don't know a guy. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'll pay a guy. I'm not going to pay for you to fly here, but if you're local, I'll pay you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, Sam, if you ever come to Charleston, you can face in my room. <laughs> um, so, in terms of absorption, diffusion, and then you kind of have, like, natural reflection that uh, works in there as well. Um you kind of need all three. It's not, yeah. oh, well, I'm just going to go treat all of this area. And I learned a lot of this up front yeah. uh, when I was doing the studio that, I'm, that I currently am in and am in, in, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what I did is I had, uh, I had base traps, I had uh, first reflection points covered, and then I had panels on either side of my ear, and everything's, like, spaced equidistant. Like, acoustics really like symmetry. Yeah. Um, and I had also two panels in front of me. Yeah. And I was noticing that I was not... Like, I knew there were reverb tails in certain uh, songs that I had listened to that are in my reference. And I'd be like, where are these, like... like it just kind of ends. Like, they're, they're, it's just dead. There's no tail to it. Right. And... So I, I took everything down and, like, rearranged stuff, and it, it eventually it was, like, tuning by ear. Yeah. Um, when I set up a room, and especially the room that, I was, that I'm in currently, I was kind of piss-moaning and groaning and being like, ah, oh, I can't really do anything in here. Yeah. I, I was pretty upset, actually. Um, and I just kind of made it into my office. Yeah. <clears throat> then I was like, am I just going to sit around and complain about this, or am I going to at least try to do something about it? So... I mean, something is better than nothing, and I can be constantly working towards a better product right. uh, in the meantime. So right. uh, that's when I started setting it up. And what I recommend to everybody, first off, is set up your gear in your untreated room. You're yeah. gonna be, th- this process is putting up, tearing down, putting up, right. tearing down. So just just yeah, get I used agree. to it, and you'll learn how to wind cables better or wrap them. And <laughs> so you'll, you'll, you'll be better at that. Right. Um, so I set everything up how I'll be listening. You get all of your measurements and everything, and we can go into that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, and you just sit in there and you listen. And you have your reference tracks, and you just know how those sound. Uh, so whenever you're coming into that room, you're like, yes, this is how it's supposed to sound, or no, this is right. not. Right, And you can, if you pay enough attention, you can hear slap echoes, and you can hear pretty, like like if if, if you have a subwoofer, you can hear like, Say if you have a drop ceiling, you can hear like the wires holding the drop ceiling right. or the cage right. that holds it. You can hear that rattling a little yeah. bit. And you can learn a little bit the acoustic properties of that room. Right. And then that will teach you uh, where to where to treat. Right. Uh, what I also recommend doing, this is an incredibly cool source. I'm going to Google it right now. But go on Google and Google... Room mode, M O D E, calculator, mm-hmm. and you're going to come up with something uh, A M R O C, and it's the room mode calculator. And <clears throat> essentially, you plug in uh, your room length, width, and height, yeah. and it will tell you on all of these parameters uh, per the per what you set like put in there. Uh, where you most likely will have problems. And it will actually play those frequencies for you. And actually, it'll show you on a 3D map like how those frequencies will build up in that room. Yep. Um, And it's pretty darn accurate from what I've seen so far. 
Um, and if you actually scroll over each one of the notes, yeah, um, it will it will play that through your system. Yeah. So and you can kind of hear it. It's like a little bit more boomy or something like that uh-huh. than it should be. Yeah. So I highly recommend doing that. And I mean, that's all free. Right. And it's like all about learning about your room. Right. And seriously. Take like a couple weeks or a month and just learn it. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's there's no there's no reason to rush this process. And if right. you rush it, the only person you're hurting is yourself. Right. I guess Absolutely. you're hurting your clients too. So, <laughs> right. Uh, that's that's my first recommendation. Right. Um, second recommendation per what uh, <clears throat> per what Sam was asking me to explain is uh, different types of absorption and diffusion and whatnot. Um, what I personally do is all corners are treated with uh, rock wool. Yeah. Um, you and I think it's Roxol is the main brand that sells yeah. it, and you can find it just about anywhere, or you can buy panels. I, right. I build my own, um, but I could just tell via what my room was doing what it needed and the type yeah. of thickness, yeah. just because I've heard what four inch thick panels sound like as opposed to two inch panels, and I'm like, okay, I can use two inch panels here. So. Yeah. Um, I do all of my base trapping through uh, w- w- with rock rock wool, yeah. and then any side reflections. So, say any first reflection points or right. um, like parallel surfaces or something like that. Anywhere where base really isn't going to be uh, building up, right. I use uh, seven hundred three Owens Corning. I yep. think that's what it's called. Yep, and it's essentially a fiberglass, much like rock wool. But it's uh, it's shredded and it's mixed with a uh, with a resin, which gives right. it a specific density. Yep. And it works pretty darn well for uh, getting those high frequencies. Yeah, it does. Um, and those are really the two that I use. I really I don't like buying other people's stuff. Yeah. It's like if I haven't heard it, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. And I've heard these two products, and I can get them for relatively inexpensive. Yeah. And I know what they do, and I believe I just think they're fantastic. Yeah. But wear gloves, like for the yes. love of God, wear gloves. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll itch for. I mean, days. Even if you wear gloves, you're going to end up touching it, right? And especially if you're making them yourself, and yeah, no shower will cure. Yeah. <laughs> what Absolutely. is going to happen? Yeah. So, I do that, and then <clears throat> I also have uh, diffusion, and essentially, you can the difference between absorption and diffusion is absorption uh, kind of view it like as like a window that like. Uh, signal will go out, but it will not come back in, and yeah. it just kind of like dissipates it within yeah. uh, within that panel, yeah, <clears throat> or whatever medium that's going to be. Right, and then you have diffusion, uh, which essentially, uh, whenever uh, sonic energy hits it, it will diffract it into. That might be a, a light term. <laughs> well, it it, it just breaks. It'll it diffuse up. it. Yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll break it up into like little tinier. Uh, yes. sonic signatures yep. and it's actually kind of cool because the more that I've played with it they have a tone yeah at least at least mine do yeah. I might be crazy but I think my diffusers have a tone I built one actually my wife helped me build one uh, a couple of years ago yeah. um and if you mismeasure how big it's going to be you're going to be off by a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I think I was off by like a couple inches, and a couple inches ended up being like a whole other trip to the hardware store. Right. <laughs> um, so I built a, a, a Skyline diffuser, and if you Google that, 
Um, it'll give you all these different types of algorithms and stuff like that, but essentially look for a Skyline Diffuser calculator. Yeah. And you essentially plug in the frequencies that you would like that diffuser to work on. Yeah. And the lower the frequencies, the longer the uh, the pieces of wood yeah. are going to have to be. I think if I think it's Blackbird Studio in Nashville. Yeah. They have a room that is 100% diffusion. Yes. And it's like you have like pieces of wood that are jetting out from the wall probably like, like a couple meters. Yeah. It's crazy. So yeah, it, check that out. That's crazy. And then I have like some other diffusers that I ended up putting by my ear as opposed to uh, absorption panels, and yeah. that ends up like all that together. Like it forms this symmetry that just works really well for me. Right. Um, and it just ended up being the right recipe. But it was a series and combination of just trial and error of like what am I going to do? And specifically, I mean, normally you're gonna want to like on the back wall, yeah. you're gonna want to tame some bass frequency and whatnot. Right. Um, that's another place for. Um, <clears throat> that's another place where you may see some rock wool. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, th- I think the the thing is that it takes, it's like eight or nine feet for like a sixty hertz sine wave to propagate once. Yeah. So it's like you need like a full amount of like of room, or you're not going to be hearing things one hundred percent like accordingly. Right. Yep. Um, so that like kind of works into the whole like per- perfect room ratios yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, other things that I highly recommend, and we'll get into this when, when monitoring, it's like get actual stands for your monitors. Yes. Um, I, I have a pair of sound anchors that I absolutely love, and they come with these spikes, and I just have them spiked right into the ground. Yep. Um, and essentially it acts as a termination point yeah. so that um, any energy that's in those, uh, those stands, it does not translate back to... Uh, Back to the tweeter or to the, uh, what do you call it? Like the, I've heard people say, don't call it a woofer. Uh, I mean, mid range cone. Mid range, yeah, like the cone. It's not a three way; it's a two way. (laughs) Yeah, but it's like I've heard people say, don't call it a woofer. It's like, well, I don't know what the hell it's called. It can be a woofer or a mid range cone, depending on the context and who you're talking to. Whatever makes sense to the person. (laughs) Whatever makes sense to you. You essentially do not want any energy, like moving that cone. Right. Um, and then I also have my my sub uh, isolated. Yeah. I just have that on one of those Orlex. Yeah, the sub dude. Uh, sub dudes. And those I'm not a big awesome. Orlex fan, but this thing is insane. Yeah. I have one of those so, too. Highly recommend it. Here. One second real quick. Yeah. Bing it.
Sorry, I try to not have a lot of editing for these episodes, but this one might have a couple edits. That's all right. They were vacuuming outside my yeah, office. That's fine. And I was like, we should probably not have this in the episode. <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah, I just got done talking about isolation and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I can yes. kind of... Uh, I, I can just jump right back into perfect. it. Perfect. Just do that. Cool. Um, so, Sam, in terms of, like, room treatment, do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah. I mean, I think you... Honestly, you covered it super well, but I think one other just, like, tidbit fact that I would like to tell people that I learned was basically not all uh, treatment is the same. Um mm-hmm. So a lot of guys, when they start out, and I did this too when I started, I went on like eBay um, 10 years ago and I just bought like a 16-pack of two-inch thick you know, panels or something and they were all the same essentially. And the thing that like, I didn't realize until I did some serious research on all this stuff years ago was like depending on the thickness that determines what frequencies it's taking out. Um, yes. And that's, so like if you buy all like two inch foam pieces, it's basically only effective for like, they say like 400 to 600 hertz and above mm-hmm. is what it's effective with. So like if you treat your room with all two inch thick pieces of foam, you're missing a whole bunch of other frequencies. <laughs> so you'll yes. have like, you'll have a really skewed room because basically 400 hertz and above is getting treated heavily and everything under that is not getting treated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you buy like four inch pieces of foam, uh, they work like down to 200 uh, and so mm-hmm. forth in thickness. Um, so that's something like once I started getting serious about room treatment and realizing how important it was, like in my room I have like six different varieties in my room to take care of basically the whole frequency spectrum. And I have base corner trappings like you do or similar to what you have and then I have different thicknesses on the reflections um, and on back wall to help with mm-hmm. all that. So I think that's just the one little thing I'd like to add that was helpful to me when I was like starting to treat room is like it's really easy to find like a value pack online but they give you like the exact same thing so make sure you buy like a variety of thicknesses um, that you at least know that you're kind of covering the whole frequency spectrum, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I actually bought in like smaller increments, which yeah. ended up costing me a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to treat certain areas, and then because when you change one thing, everything else will change. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and then it's like this isn't even close to like an iota of what all is out there right. in terms of how to acoustically treat a room. It's just kind of what we're doing right now. Right. I mean, you can have standoffs, which will put these panels like an inch or so off the wall, which will end up treating a little bit more and deadening the space right. a little bit more. So it's like you like all different types of diffusion. I mean, Skyline Diffusion is not the only way to go. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you, you, you'll see guys who have, say they'll build a room that has a closet in it. Well, they'll end up making a base closet to where, uh, which acts like a base trap to where you'll put something that kind of looks like, what's that stuff that you put on uh, 
like a like above a tool bench that has all the little holes in it. Uh, like pegboard, pegboard, yeah, corkboard, pegboard. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll see people who use that. They'll take off the closet doors. They'll put that over the yeah where the closet doors used to be, and then they'll have absorption behind that. Yeah. So it's like there's like there's a lot of different options and whatnot, and you just really have to read how your room is like behaving and right. like I said it's like that's not even getting into cloud treatment right and that's not even get, like if you were to build a room I mean the best thing to do is build a room inside of a room right and to completely isolate that room from the rest of wherever you are right and have air and that, then in you between. even get into like yeah and you're essentially controlling the air right to a degree to where like all of the all of the plug outlets right. where like there can get air in around the plug they, right. they have this putty that you can put around like the plugs, yeah. So, like you won't have any air getting in or leaving. Yeah, getting in, coming out, yeah, whatever. And you'll you'll have the two doors, and it'll sound like Star Trek, like closing the doors, <laughs> right. whatever. Like there will be like an air pressure difference, right? Yep. Um, so we haven't even gotten into like the skinny of it, right? But it's just like just the absolute basics, yeah. Um, which is in what. Terms- a lot of people need to hear. And that's like what yeah. I talk to so many people who struggle with having things translate and they've not they haven't done any of the basics. And I was the exact same way for years where it was like yeah. I would be mixing I mean, I started in mixing, I would be mixing and mixing and take it out to the car and be like, Oh my gosh, it sounds incredible in my room, but it sounds terrible in yeah. my car. What is happening? And it really didn't even matter like you know, you can learn your room and people's pushback is usually like, oh, I know how it sounds in my room. Like, I know it needs to be like boomier or brighter in my room to translate out. But you're still not like, it just doesn't quite work that way. Like, ideally yeah. it would, but that's just not how sound works because you're dealing with more than just the way it sounds. You're dealing with like a stereo image and, and phase and the way your brain perceives that. So it's not as simple as like, oh, I just boost an extra 3dB, 3dB in my room, and then that's like taking care of it. Um, yeah, and I think that's kind of like, but you have like you have like specific specific steps, yeah, that you can take to get into the right direction. It's like, right. like step number one: orient everything in the long axis of the room. Yes, if you are monitoring and whatever in the short axis of the room, you're not allowing anything. Uh, especially low end to propagate, right? And you're not going to hear anything, right? I think there's also something about mixing within the first like quarter of the room. Yep. Or is, it might be the first quarter, or, like third, but it's like you don't want to be in the middle of the room. No. Um, and then you have setting up monitors where essentially, um, I mean, I know people who they'll measure like their ear from their ear to the ground right and then that's where they'll set up their tweeter the tweeter right i mean i know that when i sit in a chair that my ear is 48 inches above the ground so right. I, and i that's what i do i set up my like the center of each tweeter to 48 inches above the ground right and right. then it's like i'll create like an equilateral triangle of of all equal distances between right. tweeter and my ear right so yeah, one, I mean, one thing I'd like to touch on within that is when you do that, so like I I fully agree with like having this the equilateral triangle and all that, but once I had someone come phase align my room, yes. we learned quickly 
And even if you do a build out, your studio is not going to be perfectly to the millimeter, like flush and balanced and level. Mm-hmm. And what we learned was basically like my monitors, I am not in a equilateral triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we fully redid our house um, a couple of years ago and everything really is actually level, but if you put a level on a wall, that bubble still has room to move, you know, a millimeter left or right, mm-hmm. you know. And, and no if, one knows. Yeah, and no one knows. And that can totally change your phase of the way you're hearing things. So what we learned in my room was like my left monitor is angled a hair more than my right monitor. Um, and so it's not a perfect 60 degrees mm-hmm. between, you know, with the equilateral. Um, and that's what I needed to do for my room. And I think that's, once again, I mean, obviously nobody, not everyone has the luxury of hiring someone um, to do this. But I think that's just like, you know, using your ears is so crucial, and don't be afraid to move things slightly out or in that triangle or setup if it feels better and if you feel like the stereo image kind of locks in or gets better. You know, trust your ears once you kind of know your room, and then ideally you'd be able to hire someone eventually to really visually, they can visually show you when it's actually aligned mm-hmm. or not. So I just want to touch on that because I think... No, it's awesome. Like for me, I set up my room... You know, I was online for weeks and then I contacted Arlux to get their design on it and bought their stuff. And, like, in theory, my room should have been perfect. And then, you know, it still wasn't, I felt like translating as well as I thought. You know, when I got mm-hmm. that done, I was like, oh, really? This is it? Like, I guess it's, it is better, but I'm still fighting. It feels like this, you know, spot or build up. And then once I finally realized, oh, there's people that, like, they're experts in this and they can visually show you like phase and time alignment and tuning of your mm-hmm. room. Um, once I learned that, my mind was blown. <laughs> like, yeah, people just don't talk a lot about that. And it's, it's not it was, sexy. It's not sexy and it is complicated, which is why, like, I would just hire someone to do it. The money is worth it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, at the end of the day, like, make sure you use your ears. And if you've measured, you know, your ear to the floor, like our floors are not level. I mean, they are technically, but they're not <laughs> still. So like, yeah. and my ears aren't the same either, you know? And that that's another thing is like my, my body's not perfectly symmetrical. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're always, you're always going for like the best case scenario or like trying to dial it in the best, um, yeah. obviously. But I think within this, like a lot of people get super critical on all of it, um, which you should be. But at the end of the day, know that like you may be slouching one day and be like two inches lower than your you know actual phantom image or like phantom focus yeah. area. And then if you pop up two more inches, your whole mix changes, and you're like, oh my gosh, what happened? Hmm. So I think that's you know we always strive for like quote unquote perfection, I guess, in setting the room up correctly, but know that there's always going to be some variables and and this is basically we try to eliminate as many variables as possible I think is what I'm trying to say if that makes sense yeah man totally um, so yeah so I think that's pretty good on like setting up your room and room treatment I feel like on to monitoring yeah we can move on to monitoring if you would like 
Um, which would you like to start with? Something I didn't understand for a long time was passive monitors, active monitors, near fields, loudspeakers. I thought there were just speakers <laughs> for a long time. And there is there there is a bit of difference, and the difference really kind of gets into how you're able to customize yeah. everything. And I mean, I think that my room would sound a lot different if, like, I, I have near fields currently, but it's yeah. like if I had massive, like, Bowers and Wilkins, and it's like two freaking mono blocks that right. cost as much as my car. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean it's going to sound different, and it's right. uh, I'm going to have a little bit more definition. But we can also get into why that would not be a feasible thing to do right. for me with my room size. Right. So, yeah, definitely. We can we can hop right into this. Cool. Um, do you want to touch on uh, just for mass mastering, or do you want to... We can stay with mixing and mastering. What do you think? I think we could talk about just both inter intertwined. I think the okay. principles apply pretty much the same, in okay. my opinion, of what we're going to touch on. Yeah. Because um, I feel like we can keep it fairly light and not have to go down the rabbit holes maybe between the two. Okay, sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, cool. And I was going to start off with... Like, what do you recommend for somebody to buy? Yeah, okay. That's how I was going to start. And then cool. you, then that would serve as a bridge into passive and active. Perfect. Cool. So you want me to set that up for you? Um, or, or I can, I'll whatever. Set, I'll set you, it up for you. I'll let you go for a bit. Let me I get some water for a, while. for a hot minute. That's fine. Since it sounds like a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We can oh. chime it back in. Ready? I'm ready. Cool. So, Matthew, why don't you give us your opinion and experience on monitors and kind of maybe what you should buy, what you've bought, and kind of your thoughts on that, um, as well as getting into like passive and active monitors. Sure. Um, okay, so real quick, the difference between passive and active is an active speaker will have a built-in amplification system to it. Yeah. And a passive system, you will need uh, an external amplifier. Right. Um, or you can have amplifiers, uh, which would result in mono blocks or, yeah. I guess if you're going surround, I, I don't know how they <laughs> how they end up doing that. If you have like 5.1 or 7.1 with yeah. seven mono blocks or something, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that, would, that would get really expensive. Right. I, it, it does not get into that. Um <laughs> But essentially, what I would say in terms of monitoring, um, I mean, I didn't necessarily have a base point. Um, I really just took as much money as I could, and I bought as nice of a pair of speakers as I could. Yeah. Um, and asked a bunch of people, read a bunch of forums, yeah. and uh for the money, what I bought at the time I thought was the best thing. And I'm still incredibly happy with them. I have yeah. uh, Pro Act 115s. I know you'll see them a lot in, like, mixing studios and whatnot. And, yep. But, I mean, I really like them. And it's weird because if you go on eBay, you can't find them. If you go on Reverb, you have, like, 110s yeah. 100s. Right. But I don't see the 115s anymore. Right. And that's kind of how I buy gear is – if it's very hard to find, yep. then there's probably a reason why it's very hard to find right. in the used market. Right. Um, 
I saw, I was kind of looking around at converters back last summer, and I was like throwing up between the uh, Antelope Pier 2, the Lynx Hilo, and the Dangerous Convert 2, which had just yeah. come out at the time. Yeah. Uh, or maybe a little bit earlier. And I was like, I was looking on eBay at like what was out there, and I was not seeing anything on like the Convert 2. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder why that's like a thing. And then it dawned on me, well, it's probably a really good converter and no one wants to get rid of it. Right. So uh, so that's pretty much what I summed it up to. And I was going to get one of those. And then I saw Lynx redid all of their firmware. And I was like, well, if they still care about something they made like five, six, seven years ago. Yeah. And they're still updating it. Right. And it's still that good. Right. Then, yeah, I'm going to get one of those. So I ended right. up doing that. Yep. Um, but with monitors, my suggestion is don't skimp. Right. I mean, it's going to be essentially the lifeblood of everything that you do. Yeah. And here. Yeah. And I know, like, people are cheap, and they're always trying to find a deal and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, well, just speakers. I just want to produce music. It's like, well, you want to hear how that music sounds, then you should probably not skimp in this area. Yeah. So that's that's what I recommend in terms of that. Um, When it comes to passive or active... I don't really think it matters. Do you have an opinion with that? Yeah, I I, really don't. I've worked on both passive and active. And, I mean, I feel like I would always just circle back to, like, if your room is treated correctly um, and set up pretty well, you know, it doesn't matter what, if you pick passive or active, you know, the monitors are just one part. It is super important, but, you know, it's like we're saying it's one part of many parts that actually makes a good room. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something like I would want to touch on with pe- like letting people know is you can buy $10,000 barefoot monitors um, that are extremely flat according to their testings, and they are, but once you put them in your room, that test really doesn't matter <laughs> because mm-hmm. if your yeah. room isn't set up right, or you haven't had it treated, you know, maybe you had crummy, or not crummy, maybe not as good monitors before that, and you treated your room for those monitors, and then you just assume, well, if I stick these different monitors in here, surely the treatment that's in them will be as good. You'll probably find that that doesn't work, and a lot mm-hmm. of the times with um, with bigger or better monitors, they usually have more low-end in them, and so a lot of rooms um, need a lot more treatment because they can't even handle the low end. That's what a lot mm-hmm. of, I mean, I love barefoots. My, a lot of my buddies have the, the micro mains and stuff. But one big thing they always struggle with is having actually enough low end treatment because they produce such strong, like, low end. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can, you can spend $10,000, $20,000 on monitors and still not have things translate if your room isn't complementing that monitor, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So that's one thing I would just, like, I had to learn that because when I started, similarly, I just, I bought what I could and then I upgraded to these old Genelex and then I have some old big, I'll call them loudspeaker, like JBL Sentries that are really cool. And for a long time, I thought oh, I'm going to save up and buy like some ATCs or PMCs and drop like 20 grand and yeah. instead I was like <clears throat> I had the awakening of 
well, maybe I should see what my room, like if I actually invest into that. Um, and what tipped me off to that was a guy named Carl Tatz, who's a really incredible, I'll say, I guess, acoustician or um, if you look him up, he does studio designs and he has a whole system called Phantom Focus, which essentially is um, a rack unit that he inserts into your whole setup that helps with uh, phase and time alignment and all that. Um, but that was once I worked in one of his rooms when I got to Nashville, um, everything sounded so much better and I was working on a pair of NS10s with two subs attached to them. Hmm. And, you know, I was just like, man, these NS10s sound so good. <laughs> like, what is happening and how are we getting away with like dual 12 inch subs in here? Mm. And then the, my buddy talked about, you know, he had Carl Tats to come in and do the room and this is the, you know, show me the rack thing that he, that you buy. And he was like, you know, it's got a processor in it for time alignment and phase and EQ of the room uh, before anything comes out of the speakers. And that's what like awakened me to like, oh my gosh, now I understand. Like, this guy's got two NS10s and two subs and it sounds better than like any monitor setup I've ever you know been in still. And um, what's the rule for NS tens that if you can get them sounding good, then it's going to translate anywhere? Yeah, and and the thing with NS tens is like their frequency response is actually really terrible. They just are super like pokey in where we perceive loudness. You know. Yeah. Um, they're actually not even close to flat, but yeah. And, and the crazy thing is when you have the NS10 set up correctly and then you get them to sound right on it, like it's mm-hmm. insane the way it translates. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> that's just something like I had to learn was I was saving up all this money to buy these new monitors and then I spent, you know, a thousand bucks on my room and stuff to get it all lined and treated and, you know, that paid for itself. And now I literally, I have no desire to change monitors because mm-hmm. I would have to go through the whole thing again and set my room up for new monitors to yeah. get essentially back where I was. <laughs> so, well, and that's the whole thing is that like I'm trying to figure out like if I ever go to like loudspeakers and want right. to build another type of room, right? It's like how do I even go about doing that? Because you kind of got to build the room to the speaker, exactly. Yeah, and it's like I don't even know how to go about that. Right. I'd yeah. love to have somebody on who does. Right. So that's kind of my my thoughts on monitors. Like passive active doesn't matter. You can buy ten thousand dollar monitors or twenty thousand dollar monitors or spend three thousand dollars and you know, build your room around the monitors, have someone come treat your room based on your monitors, and then, you know, in my opinion, you're good to go. Like you're you what you're hearing is close to flat you know, within a dB or yeah. two throughout the spectrum. And um, the only thing I will say, and this kind of moves us into like, I'll say loudspeakers or subs and not subs, because that's like a huge debate of should you work with a sub or not. To sub or not to sub. Exactly, that is the question. <clears throat> um, and I think that that debate comes from people not having their room treated correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when they add a sub, they have all these weird... Um, build-ups or nodes um, that come in and, um, you know, it messes up their whole image or what they've been working on so they get rid of it. Um, but if you are if you really want to be mixing or producing and especially for me, mastering, like, 
if you're not hearing, like most speakers roll off starting at like 40 hertz. Um, mm-hmm. Even like the really nice ones. Some of the barefoots and bigger like PMC and stuff, they'll go down to like 35. But that's still like a, probably where they're rolling off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a big thing that changed my whole perspective was like, man, if I'm not hearing the low end right, every other move I'm making isn't technically correct. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm just blatantly ignoring 50 hertz and below, which, you know, a lot of people, if you look on forums, I think one of their biggest things is, how do I get the low end right? You Google, like, on YouTube, it's like, there's so many videos on people saying, like, here's how to get your low end tight. Here's how you get it fat. Here's how you, like, get low end to sit right. And there's endless, like, gear slut forums on like kick to base ratio and how you get that right and all these like tricks of side chaining and things and it's like actually what you need to do is like first even be able to hear what a bass is doing <laughs> like step one that's yeah. why you're the reason people have so many issues I think with loan is because they're literally not hearing it like it's not yeah. in the room so of course you can't get your kick drum and bass to feel right because you literally can't hear it other than the top extension of it so, or mid range to top. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, I have a sub in my room and I love it. Um, and I love that it's set up and it's actually not surprisingly not very loud, I'll say, with its potential. Mm-hmm. But um, when you take it away, you miss like the whole bottom end of a song. Like immediately when you're A B and you're like, oh my gosh, where did, where did 100 hertz and below go? <laughs> like, yeah. And I remember when I didn't have a sub, um, I didn't think I was missing out on much, but what I was doing is I was just cranking the crap out of low end to try and make it come out of, you know, speakers that essentially couldn't hear it or were rolling off, you know, at 40 hertz. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big believer in a sub. um, If you're able to kind of set it up right or test it and... You know, a really good way to do all like everything we're talking about. A good way to test it is to is to have like reference material of songs you know really well. Um, and so that's what I do. I always play like I have a playlist on Spotify of songs that I kind of use as reference wherever I go, um, and how those sound. Then that's you know kind of what I go for. I'm gonna look you sense. up on Spotify to see if I can. I want to find your reference playlist because I have one as well. Like, they're incredibly important. Yeah. It's actually my buddy who does my room. It's his playlist. Yeah. We could link to it on this episode. That would be cool. I'm trying to look you up. Not happening. See if you can find me. Is it Moses Mastering or just Sam Moses? Uh, It's Sam Moses. Nah, can't find you. I'll, Profiles. I'll shoot it to you later. Ah, I found you. And you have it saved? Yeah, PA tuning. Is what it's called. I think it's public. I see your discography. It's probably like halfway down. At least that's where it is. On, oh, no, it's based on my playlist, how many I have. It's We're called, totally going to have so many edits on this. It's called PA tuning. That's the playlist. P-A. At the bottom. I'm looking at it right here. P-A-D. I could probably send it to you. Here, I'm going to send it to you. 
My Spotify handle is Axel Rosenberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I can't see it. Weird. It's in my list. I'm looking at it. I just emailed it to you or uh, texted it to you. Yeah, this actually is not. I don't see it. I, I like. I can see what you sent me, but hmm. I don't see it on the thing. No, that's weird. That is. I um, follow you. Axel Rosenberg will be following you. Nice. Yeah. I've been, okay. I just screenshot it. It's in there. Cool. I'm excited to listen to it now. I have something to listen to tomorrow. It'll be fun. Uh, I really like. I mean, I've, I'm a big fan of Steely Dan. Um, Man, Steely Dan's my my jam. Yeah. So I, I turned my buddy Angel onto Steely Dan, and uh-huh. while he was listening, I, what is it? I I played uh, Jack of Speed, mm-hmm. and he like while he's listening to it, like in a car. Mm-hmm. He is on his phone buying Steely Dan vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like sending me these clips like, dude, this is changing my life. Yeah. So, yeah, Steely Dan is, oh my gosh, everything that is good with music. Yeah. I'm sure people disagree, but whatever. <laughs> right. So, yeah, have a reference place. Like, have, and don't just have like all one genre. Like, don't right, just have exactly. like, like airy, transient stuff like right. have it like have like something metal have something hip-hop i'm not yep. a big rap fan but i have rap in mind it's yeah. like i just want to know what my room sounds like all the time right um so that's like super important where yeah. i stand on subs though yes is i love it <laughs> <laughs> I love i'm not like i'm not a bass head either right it's like i don't work on material that has a lot of bass like you do sam yeah but I mean, it's a, it's it's vital. It's a heartbeat. It's a heartbeat to the to the song. It's just if you don't have it tuned correctly, right? Uh, you're like it, it, it's a very big thing. Like you're gonna have a a vast like unbalance, right? In what's going on. So uh, with my near fields, I definitely want a sub. Yeah. So I run from the Hilo right into uh, my Velodyne, which runs right into a Bryston, uh, an old Bryston. Um, I've actually heard the new ones, and I'm not the biggest fan of them. The one that's like the ones with like the silver face plates on them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they kind of sound like too clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mine's like from the early '90s. Yeah, and then they go right to the Pro X, and yeah. it sounds insane. Yeah. So I'm a I'm a pretty pretty big fan. Um, yeah. So yeah, I have a passive setup. Do you have a? Are there your Genelex powered? Yeah, they're powered. Okay, so Sam has an active setup. Yeah. And it's just all to taste. Right. Like 100% to taste. And it's like uh, you're going to have an extra expense in there. But then you can also argue that, well, uh, companies that created their own amplification for their monitoring, it's like this is tuned to this specific speaker. Right. And then these two two monitors were matched. Right. Right. And so these are the perfect amplifiers for these speakers, which are perfectly matched together. Yeah. So it's like you have like several different things. Whereas with me, it's like I like the customizability of it. Yeah. To where I don't know, it could be a millennial thing to be like, ah, well, I don't <laughs> like this. It's like non-committal. Out with right. you and with like something else. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. It's like 
It's like, I think it'd be cool one day to try the stuff made by Pass Labs if I ever get, like, loudspeakers and, yeah. like, stupid amounts of money. I mean, that'd be awesome. Yeah. It's like, just switch it out and see what happens. It's like, I want to see, like, what's all going on. So, who knows? It's probably a millennial thing. Um, <laughs> I love subs. Um, just make sure you isolate them. Right. Or you at least have some type of isolation for them or that they're not uh, interfering somewhere else. Right. Uh, and causing other types of things that are not really yeah. anticipated or wanted. Yeah. Um, so real quick, like cabling. You want to yes. touch on cabling? Sure. Cabling uh, is a black hole topic, a uh, rabbit hole topic. We could have a whole podcast on cabling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my experience, I will only speak from my experience uh, with cabling, is that when I upgraded to custom Mogami and Belden, had custom cables made for my setup and my channels and everything I wanted. Um, I noticed a difference in sonic quality. I noticed mm-hmm. everything to be a little more clear and open. Uh, I did A, B some things uh, with my old cables, which were good, quote-unquote good cables. Um, and then when I upgraded everything, uh, I think it was about two and a half, oh, maybe three years ago now, when I upgraded everything to like mm-hmm. custom um, I made everything as short as possible, um, and then I upgraded to like the highest quality I could afford, which is way beyond what most people have. Mm-hmm. So um, my experience is that it does make a difference. Um, I'll circle <clears throat> back to basically like what you what you can't hear, you can't fix. And I felt like the biggest thing I noticed was like top end clarity um, and just kind of overall. Uh, I'll say clean, like no distortion, no. Um, it's kind of like it, this may be a little extreme, but it almost felt like going from MP3 to Wave, where like hmm. MP3 can still sound. I'll say you know, don't stone me for this, but like could sound good. You know, mm-hmm. most people hear an MP3 versus a Wave, they don't know the difference. <laughs> um, and then when you kind of go to a Wave file, you're like, oh, when you're listening in a critical environment. I feel like you can tell the difference. Um, and I feel like that's kind of what happened when I upgraded was kind of like, oh, there's a little subtle difference here in the top end. Uh, everything feels a little more open and clear. Mm-hmm. And is it a make or break? Um, I don't I don't know. I think it is for me, but that's more of like my personal, and I think you may be just similar. where you're at. Yeah, it's like we, I just <laughs> always want to keep improving my product if I can for the because I think it's fun. Like I think I enjoy upgrading here and there when it's actually beneficial and I feel like it'll add, you know, something for my client. Um at this point I feel like my setup is, you know, pretty freaking solid. Um yeah. for being, you know, a build out at my house and and having someone align the room. Um, you know, the next thing that I'm going to be doing is building a full-blown studio with a new room uh, in the next few years. But uh, until then, I really like my cables. I don't see myself switching, and that's been my experience, which the investment to me was worth it. Um, And the other thing with these new cables, I haven't had any of them go out. Um, And I've Mm -hmm. had past cables go bad kind of randomly, um, and, these, and you're like searching around trying to be like, what yes, just happened? That is the <laughs> One worst. One channel just went out. Oh my gosh, that's the worst. Um, 
And I found it's within like a passing signal here, not here. Yes. And it like takes up how much of your day? Yeah, a whole day. <laughs> and I think that was the other thing I noticed is the um, consistency from cable to cable. So like you know when you're running stereo, you have a cable going into a left channel and a right channel, or a one and a two. And I found the cheaper cables to be off. You know, point two, point three, point five. Mm-hmm. And that's a big difference when you're shooting something into a mastering compressor or any compressor. You know, the left mm-hmm. side, whichever side is louder, is the one that's going to be compressed. You know, and so I found when I switched cables, when I was just shooting um, reference, you know, test tones through it, that they were pretty much all like identical um, mm-hmm. in both sides. And so that alone to me made me feel better in general because I knew my compressors were going to be. Um, triggering, you know, correctly, mm-hmm. as opposed to like hitting the right side first and then left side um, in a stereo compressor. So that was something I had never really thought a whole lot about until a few years ago and upgraded. So that's my experience on it. What is yours, Matthew? Um, I mean, starting out, it was more just kind of learning, um, learning my monitoring. Um, yeah. So I started out with uh, going from my computer to a central station. And I like the central station because you can patch the sub in and out. Yeah. Um, I really like that. Where the, where the heel, you can't do that. Um, yeah. But um, you could tell there was, like, something that was just kind of weird with it. And, like, yeah. you turn the, like, knob all the way, the, the volume knob all the way down on the central station and I'd still, like, be able to hear some audio coming out of one of the speakers. And it's, like, nothing I could really trim out either. Yeah. Without, like, creating an even bigger, like, larger problem. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, and then I'm, like, my cabling from my Bryston to my Pro-X, I think I just used Monster Cable. Yeah. Um, nothing was really the same length or same brand or anything right. else. It was just a thing of learning, like, like what something sounded like. Yeah. Uh, and then when I got pretty darn serious, um, I have a good friend of mine who makes me cables. If anybody needs cables, call Angel Delgado. Look this man up on like Facebook. Angel Delgado. And say, hey, I need cables. Because he, he like gets me like the best Mogami cables with like, I don't even know what the end connector is on it, but they are, it, the it just sounds incredible. Yeah. Um, I think back in August of, I guess, for reference, I guess it would be 2017, uh, he came up to Charleston, and we completely tore everything apart. And this is when I was putting in the Hilo as well. Yeah. And we redid everything, and I re-listened to it one more time with the central station uh, just to hear what yeah. the cabling difference was. And it was pretty darn night and day. Yeah. I mean, we had everything the exact same length, which you must do. Uh, we switched out all monster cabling, which I don't know why. I, did. I think it's just like me just trying to learn a space. Yeah. <clears throat> we switched out everything for AudioQuest. Yeah. And those are really the only two brands I use now. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to use the shortest leads as I can. Yeah. And I mean, coming from the computer, I I used to use an analog cable coming from the computer. Now I use digital. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see much of a difference between going Thunderbolt to the Hilo and yeah. uh, coming digital out like of the, uh, what do you call it, of uh, an optical cable into yep. the Hilo. Mm-hmm. I shot those two out and I didn't see much of a difference. 
Um, so I just went Thunderbolt. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I've been I've been happy ever since. I mean, the top end just opens up, and you're able to hear just way further into yeah um, <clears throat> into the stereo field. And I've been I I could not be happier. Yeah. So and now it's like, what else can I upgrade? And it it got it got me just thinking. It's like, what is my what is now the weakest part of my chain? Right. And I didn't necessarily choose like all like the random cables of varying length and the monster yeah. cable. I didn't choose that out of ignorance. Yeah. Um I mean I knew it wasn't the right thing to do, but it was kind of like, hey, just to get up and running so I can learn this room. Right. Absolutely. And like it's not so I can turn out the best product that I can because I really wasn't going heavy then. Yeah. Um and whenever it's like, okay, well let's do this right and um yeah, there is an incredible sonic improvement. Yeah, uh, from what was to what currently is. Right. So, I could not be happier. So yeah. that and essentially, you just want the highest quality of chain that you po- that yeah. you could possibly have. Yeah. I mean, you'll even hear people they'll run uh, dedicated uh, electrical lines from the road right. to their studio. They'll have their own ten or twenty foot grounding spike that they'll drive into the ground. And yep. I mean. They'll have like the cleanest power. I think there's there's some videos on YouTube, some Japanese audio files, and like they're climbing the telephone pole to get their own feed. Yeah. Just so, and it, but they describe it in a really interesting way that uh, clean power without the washer, the right uh, refrigerator, the hair dryer, whatever. Yep. Uh, clean electricity is like blood. It's like right. It's like you need clean blood. You can't have dirty blood. Yeah. yeah. It's just very interesting how they put it. For some reason, it stuck with me. Yeah, that's what so, I actually have that in my room. It's on seriously? its own. Yeah. My setup is on its own breaker, on its own line. There's nothing. Did you else go from it. the road or are you just tying into the house? Uh, we went through the road and it came back in. We did a whole new breaker box and everything. So, did that cost a lot? No, it wasn't. I was trying to spec that out actually and I no, couldn't find anything. It wasn't very much. It's not that much. It's not that complicated. I think that's why it's not very much. Because hmm. you're just running another like line to the house, and then that goes to its own breaker that nothing else is on. Yeah. And, like, and then you like ground that room. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. the I mean, when you buy like a modern breaker, breaker box, usually has way more space than most houses like mm-hmm. use. So there's plenty of room to add like another breaker you know, 20 amps or whatever you need. Yeah. And have it isolated. So that was one thing, like, working not in a house or having my own setup for years, I always fought power issues. And, you know, in apartments or townhouses. And and even in studios. I mean, a lot of the studios I've worked in still have bad power. You know, I've heard a rumor that... uh, I've heard a rumor that Music Row has this, like, odd... Uh, like radio frequency buzz that like you hear through like humbuckers and stuff like that. I've heard this from several people who work there. Well, I mean, I've been in multiple studios and my buddy has a home studio where like Nashville, like we pick up um, trucker Is it humbuckers radio or single, stuff? single coils? There's something like yeah, it'll that come if you play it there. The, huh. It's something that if you play that type of guitar with that type of pickup that yeah, I mean, you'll end be... up picking up radio signals. Yeah, I mean, we've had I've had it come through guitar amps. I've had my buddy for for like a month. His left monitor 
was picking up radio signal. Oh, man. And uh, eventually, and this is a guy who did like a build out, like built a studio in the back, like oh, per, quote man. unquote perfectly. <laughs> and then, like a couple months in, the left speaker started spitting out, like, Breaker Breaker 2 5 uh, coming around here. <laughs> like, so, what do you do? So, you make a Faraday cage or? Well, what he ended up doing was um, using, and this is online, like aluminum foil blocks it. Um, I'm sure you could buy a more professional product, but yeah, it's uh, a Faraday cage. Though. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and wrapping a cable, it was like wrapping a cable and moving the cable, and then that took what? care of it. Yeah, so weird. What? Yeah, I've luckily never had that oh issue gosh. at my house, but I've been in multiple situations where you'll hear like ham radio and stuff come through, and Whoa. you have to either move things or just wait for it to die out. Because sometimes if it's truckers, they're like on the move, so you know they may be in range and then they're out. <laughs> so just hope you're not like bouncing something through your gear. Right, <laughs> it picks it up. They're like, "What's this?" And it's like, "No, no, 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 we're leaving it." Right, right. So yeah, that's you know you never know. There's always variables that you just you never know. So, um, but yeah, so that's cabling, correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's cabling. Let's jump back real quick. I think we skipped uh, near fields versus loudspeakers. Ah, yeah, we should talk about that. So, just real quick, um, the reason why I at least operate off near fields is because I'm in a smaller room and I'm right. not anticipating I'm being in a larger room. That's how I'm uh, for quite some time. Yeah, um, and it, you really, really do not want to put loudspeakers in a small room. Right. It's like you're just you're just kind of wasting your money, right? Um, and at least from what I've read from people I've spoken to, yeah. And I mean, Nearfields get the job done. I mean, they have yep. like cool character. They're not crazy. They're they're expensive, but they're not crazy. And I mean, you can switch them out easy if you don't like them, and you can figure out like what you like, what you don't like. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I I love my Pro and but but that's why I did it eventually. I'd love to have a larger room with loudspeakers and yeah, um, but I mean now now is just not the time. Right. So what about right. you, bud? I fully agree. I currently don't have a massive room, so and I kind of did that on purpose because I didn't want to fully outfit my house because I I figured this house that we're in currently wasn't going to be my final uh, spot of working. So I think you and I line up exactly on that topic cool but, if you have loudspeakers and you like them give us a call yeah and i'd like to talk to you yeah most most people that have loudspeakers done right it's usually a pretty large room um i have a few buddies who have loudspeakers in small rooms and it doesn't i don't know i don't like it <laughs> and yeah I, I feel like there's always trouble with figuring <laughs> out low-end stuff um and you and you can get into you know, the bigger the speaker, you have to crank it louder to kind of get it to start responding. Not with all monitors, some are smarter, but like the woofer may not even kick in until you're, you know, at a certain loudness. I mean, it might be underpowered as well. I mean, right. you get into loudspeakers, you're getting into like stupid amounts of power. Exactly. So I think that's a, you know, if you're going to do loudspeakers, you either need to know a lot about it or you should hire someone who's had a lot of experience with it because you can really, um, you know, mess up your room or what you're hearing pretty quickly if you don't know what you're doing. So yeah, just do your research. That's with all of this. Just always do your research. And yeah, 
make sure what you're buying is actually what you need and don't buy things that um, only look cool on Instagram. Invest in what you need. Seriously. <laughs> Two. It's like I'd rather have a studio that looked like trash on Instagram. I don't think I have the coolest looking studio in the world, but it sounds pretty good and it translates out of here. And, and that's, that's all that matters. That's all I need. Right. Yeah. So real quick, yes. let's touch on um, reference monitoring and then we'll yes. also like that'll transition into like headphones for mixing and mastering. Excellent. Great topic. So reference monitoring being Earbuds, computer speakers, like the little Logitech speakers, right. your car. Yeah. We talked about the car a little bit, but mm-hmm. let's touch on that a little bit. Sure. Uh, so referencing, there's nothing wrong with referencing. I'll say that. I know I spoke earlier that I don't really do that anymore mm-hmm. um, as far as like I don't mix and then go take it out to the car and make tweaks and then come back in the room. I'll mix it till it's done, till the band signs off usually, and then I'll go. Like I won't take it out until we're done, done. Because I'm just I do that because I really want to know my room and I want to trust it, um, which I do. So there's you know there's nothing wrong with doing that at all. Um, it's good. I'll say it's good to eventually a b maybe in earbuds or computer speakers mm-hmm. or car just so you can hear what maybe your consumer is hearing. So there's nothing wrong with that. I used to spend a lot of time in earbuds um, making adjustments. Like I would start the mix on speakers and then 60% go to earbuds because I thought, well, my client, they're going to listen on earbuds or in the car, so I should make all my tweaks from then. But really, I it was just so inconsistent um, once I started doing that that I quit doing it because it just wasn't working. And I think that gets into maybe this topic of like... Um, there's no real consistency. If you jump from, if you listen to your song on like loudspeakers or monitors, and then you jump quickly to earbuds without letting your ears kind of like rest and reset, mm-hmm. you're going to start making adjustments. Like, this is what happened to me is like monitors usually have a pretty good top end for the most part, and earbuds have like a terrible top end where things kind of sound dull, you know, and rounded off. Yeah. So if you go from like normal monitors, and then you jump real quick to earbuds, all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, everything needs to be brighter. Like, And you start ripping the top, like ripping people's heads off at the top end and scooping all the mud out. And all of a sudden you think, oh, this sounds great, it's exciting. And then you put it on anything else and all of a sudden your song sounds so thin and harsh like anywhere else that yep. you know, you've just ruined all your work and you have to undo it all. Um, and the same goes from like going from earbuds to an iPhone speaker because an iPhone speaker is really bright and like I don't know if they have like some limiter in there or something, but like the iPhone speaker to me sounds pretty good. Um, it just I don't know like it. I'm not sure how to describe it, but to me, it makes things sound really good and crisp and clean. Um, maybe because that's all it's reproducing, <laughs> but. You can go from earbuds and then jump to an iPhone and be like, "Oh my gosh, this on the iPhone is way too bright, you know, and crispy." And then, mm-hmm. and same with like most phones. I mean, the new ones now have "quote unquote" stereo, you know, speakers in them. Um, but you know, on a lot of phones, it's still mono everywhere, um, and so you can quickly get a whole different picture of your song. Um, which you know, some people would argue that like it's good to listen on that and then adjust, you know, so it kind of translates everywhere. 
But I go back to once again, just like getting your room right allows you to then know it's going to translate everywhere. So that's kind of like my approach on it all. I have no issues with people that work in any of those things. If you're getting the product you like, um, you know, that's all that matters. And plenty of albums have been probably made on earbuds and computer speakers and cars. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not at all <laughs> saying that you can't make something awesome. I'm just saying I see more people um, run to their car and, and to the point where they're like, maybe I'll just start mixing in the car. And it's like, well, if you're doing that, there's just something so off in your room. Like, yeah, <laughs> cut yourself a break, fix your room. Um, and then you don't have to run to your car every 30 minutes and freak out. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that's kind of my theory. Like, I think with with time and experience, you learn kind of what those um, those different uh, references, like earbuds, mm-hmm. what earbuds sound like, what kind of EQ Q curve they have, what do the computer speakers kind of have as an EQ mm-hmm. curve, what does a car usually like seem to have as an EQ curve. Especially when you have like a flat reference. Yeah. And so for me... You know, I feel like now I have enough experience to know, like, okay, in the earbuds it should sound like this, in a computer speaker it should sound like this, in a car it should sound like this. And, you know, we talk about it like sounding the same and translating, but I think translating is different than sounding the same. Mm -hmm. Um, Translating to me is like, is the uh, emotion and the performance still there, or did we lose it all, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, That's what, to me, translating is about. It's not well, can I hear the sub still on an iPhone? Like, that's not mm-hmm. that's not what we're trying to do. We're, I think for me, translating is, is the song, is the meat and potatoes still there, you know, yeah. to where it, it feels the same if I jump from a car to earbuds to a cell phone. Um, and for modern modern music, it's, you know, basically, can I hear the vocal really crispy still? Can I hear the kick drum, meaning can I hear the attack, the click sound of it? Um, and then can I hear maybe some mid-range of some something is <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of like what people I feel like are going for. Um, and judge iPhone and laptop Is the meat and, and potatoes like there? Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. Are the drums and the vocals there? Yes, okay, then if that's there and kind of balanced everywhere, then you're probably good to go at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Um, so that's... That's kind of my opinion on that. And then we can get into headphones, but I want to know your thoughts on that, on reference monitoring. Um, in terms of reference monitoring, so when I am all done with the master, at least from where I think I'm done, yeah, um, I let my ears rest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, that's I super important. <clears throat> I let my ears rest. Um, typically, the first one is me going from... Um, my office or studio to uh, my car. Yeah, I have a. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll I'll plug it into my car and be driving home, and it's just whatever my first impression is. That's the impression. Yeah, and it's actually really funny. I was telling Sam this, is that uh, I drive a Volkswagen Golf, and I had the diesel, and you had the whole Volkswagen, like buying back all the diesel cars because they were lying about the emissions. And yeah. I knew the car so well and how it sounded that I went out and I bought another Golf, but I bought a gas <laughs> <Right>. one. <laughs> and it's like I just knew how it sounded flat so yeah. well that I just 
I didn't want to learn another car. And it's like, I didn't want to get a car like my wife has because I don't like how her car sounds. Yeah. Um, it sounds completely different. And, but it, I mean, you also, it's like, you listen on four speakers as opposed to two. And it's like, it's like, I, I don't really know what the perfect like yeah. solution is for all that. But anyway, I go from studio to car. And then probably later that night, um, <clears throat> I will monitor on, I'll actually play it on my iPhone. Uh, without any headphones or anything, I'll just yeah. play that. See how it sits on there because people are going to play it there. I play it on my. I end up playing it on my laptop, and then my final one is how does it sound through um, a pair of headphones that I know inside and out. And <clears throat> uh, to date, my favorite yeah. headphone is the uh, Biodynamic DT770, um, the 250, and I have a uh, I have a little amp that just stays in like my bag that yeah. <clears throat> I'll pull out and plug into the computer and be like, okay, this is this is the last one. And if it's like it's like checks, like every everybody gets a pass. Yeah. Uh from the car to the phone to the laptop, then chances are it's gonna sound pretty good here. Yeah. But it can all fall apart at that one. And then I'll actually I'll normally listen to it again uh the next morning as I'm driving into work. Yeah. Um I'll listen to it one more time in the car and then one more time when I get to work. Yeah. Just to make sure I like it. Right. Um, so I do a lot of listening. First yeah. rule of mastering engineer is to listen. I do a lot of listening. Right. Um, and it's not second guessing or anything. It's I want to see how this sounds everywhere else. I'll do the whole yeah. uh, Apple earbuds and everything else. I'm not a big fan of them. I, and I just don't like how they sound. They're not my favorite. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, consp- computer speakers. Um, I mean, I have no problem with that, and that's how most people are going to listen. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I don't have like I don't have Logitech speakers or anything that I use for reference. Some people use those uh, Oratones. Yeah. I think Behringer has their like Baritone uh-huh. that they have and yeah. whatnot. And I mean, like just a what is it? They call it a full range speaker. Yeah. And it just produces everything. It's kind of like a car speaker almost. Right. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, it's like I have my little process and I like it and it does me well. At yeah. least for now. Right. I'll change, I'll let you know. Yeah, I mean, um, if it works, don't. And it's it. accurate. Right. And it's like, it, but it's kind of weird because it's like, I know where I can and where I cannot play it. Like right. I have a pair of uh, B&W, they're like the 600 series, they're yeah. a couple of years old. Um, they're over with my turntable at the house. Well, I'm only running like a Pioneer. I think it's a SX615 or 650, whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, that's only 35 watts per channel. And those suckers require like a buck 20. Yeah. So I know they're, they're incredibly underpowered. Right. So I don't even think twice about running anything for reference off of that. Yeah. So it's like there, there's a give and a take. It's like where, know where to monitor and know where to not. Right. So. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good point, actually. And then headphones for mixing slash mastering. Yes. Like solely. The great This is a rabbit hole that we'll probably debate. try to contain to five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everyone's probably like looking at their watch and being like, come on, Matt and Sam. <laughs> Here we at go. how much time's left. This is that part of the headphones. podcast. This is important, so stay with us. Sam, you don't Let's, like headphones. I hate headphones. I don't like listening yeah. on headphones. I don't like referencing on headphones because I think headphones sound so unnatural to how we mm-hmm. perceive sound 99% of the time in real mm-hmm. life. 
And that directly ties into, I'll say, pros and cons of headphones. For me, when you're listening to monitors or speakers, you're listening, I'll say, in a natural environment, much like you experience sound everywhere else. And you're essentially, you know, your left ear is receiving sound from both sides of the speaker, even if you're on the left side. Like your left ear will hear um, s- sound from the right channel and sound from the right ch- left channel, and your other ear will do the same thing. And it actually will hear them um, at a slightly reduced level and, a sl- and slightly later, which is interesting. It's called the shadowing effect, which I learned about a while ago. Hmm. And basically, it's how... Um, it has to do with the way our ear works and how it perceives sound, and it sounds like that could really mess up your the way you sound and what or what you hear and why you should use headphones. But that's how we experience the world every day, so our brain is used to it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's very natural sounding. Um, and then when you get into headphones, you know you essentially have two mono channels. You have a left channel going direct into your ear, and a right channel going directly into your right channel into your right ear, sorry. And basically anything that's hard panned is going to sound super unnatural, Mm -hmm. Um, which is why like a lot of people that work in headphones, um, they have a really hard time with space and depth um, and low end, which we'll get into. Um, But yeah, they have a lot of trouble with imaging because it's so unnatural to how your ear wants to perceive sound. Like listening in headphones is unnatural at the end of the day. Um, It's not the way our brain was made and our ears were made to perceive sound. So Mm. it's a different thing where like the vocal feels like it's in the middle of your face (laughs) as opposed to like when you listen on speakers, it feels like um, like there's depth, like it's farther away. And things kind mm-hmm. of hug the vocal, whereas with headphones, everything kind of feels like one straight line. Um, like the vocal is in the middle of your face, the guitars are on like the left side of the middle of your face. You know, rhythms on the right side. So you kind of get this unnatural stereo image to me when you work in headphones. Um, that then when solely. yeah solely, and then when you take that to any other environment. Um, things start to sound really weird and phasey. Um, and so that's kind of the main reason why I don't like headphones solely. I think you can use them as a reference. Like if you start your mix on normal monitors and then you hop into headphones, headphones can help you sometimes hear um, delays and reverbs a lot better because you don't have as much um, of that shadowing effect going on. Mm. Headphones can also help you... like with sometimes distortion or hearing like edits um, because your brain is so much more focused on the sound coming in when you're in headphones. Um, so, you know, I can't deny that I've heard some, if I happen to put on my headphones, I've heard, you know, some edits that I may have missed, you know, on studio monitors. Um, and so there can be that benefit, you know, that benefit. And then, I don't know, the other thing I don't... I don't like about headphones is low end to me is um, not only heard but felt, and you know mm-hmm. sound you feel sound impacts us. And with headphones, um, you have a really most people have a really hard time with low end unless they're using super high quality, usually cans like over the ear headphones. Um, 
but it's really easy to mess up the low end because you have zero feeling um, of the low end. And I know they're making like, it's called, I think, the sub pack, where like mm-hmm. it's a vest you wear that, that helps with headphones so you can like feel some low end, which I think is a cool idea. And I think that's addressing one of the issues with headphones that could really help make headphones become um, more of like a, a reference or something that's consistent. And then, of course, you have like new room modelers and things like that that kind of help address the issues I, I had. Like you can put in plugins um, that help model rooms for your headphones. So overall, I think it, it would be probably be wise to use them to reference if you don't trust your room um, or you're just curious to how maybe your consumer will hear it. But I'm just so such a big fan of how things sound on monitors because I think that's really how we, our brains expect to hear sound. And so mm-hmm. that's what I prefer 99% of the time. Um, and I actually, I don't even really listen to music on my headphones. Like I listen to podcasts because I just can't stand the way it sounds. <laughs> so um, so maybe I'm a bit of an extremist with this one. But what's your thoughts on that, Matthew? Um. I think they're good for reference. I don't think they're good for, they're like an end-all type yeah. thing. It's like you have the whole crossfeed thing like you were just saying. Right. Um, <clears throat> I mean, there are just certain things that you cannot hear. And I mean, who knows? Maybe you get into a couple thousand dollar pair of Audis headphones or something right. like that and you might be able to figure it out. But right. I mean, I'm not there yet, so. Yeah. Um, they have like what is it called like planar magnetic headphones and stuff like that and yeah like crazy open back and yeah but it's like it's like you have to have like other use besides that it's like I'm gonna take this on a plane or something I'm not gonna take a pair of open back headphones on a plane right so um but yeah in terms of like mastering yeah mm, no <laughs> um, I will uh, I mean the headphone. Um, the headphone pre for the Lynx Hilo is freaking incredible. So Yeah, it is. I mean, just like through the day working or something like that, I have no problem listening to music on it, and it sounds yeah. it sounds great. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yes, I might hear something that I missed or um, that I wasn't, like, for some reason able to hear or just wasn't paying attention to because yeah. I – but now since I'm closed off to the world in headphones, I, for some reason, am not paying attention to it. I don't right. know. Right, Um <clears throat> Or maybe it's like, yeah, the high end's a little bit harsh in here. Then I take them off. It's like, no, but it sounds good in here, and I trust this room far more than I trust these headphones. Right. So, but it's like, it's it's a good thing for me to bring up like little tiny points. Yeah. Of like, ah, am I sure about this? And it's not second guessing. It's just like double checking yourself. I mean, you know, right. I, I want the best end product for uh, everybody. Right. So, um, so that's what I do in terms of using them for mastering. No. Right. Um, anyone who masters a full mix on headphones, I kind of think, I mean, and you'll probably hate me, but I mean, I, I, I really do think you're doing a disservice. Yeah. Unless I agree you with have, you. unless you have such good like mixes that all you're doing is approving. Yeah. Even then, I still think you should do them in a room because, right. I mean, I, I think you owe it to people, not like, oh, look how minimalist I am. Right. 
It's like, screw that. Why don't you be look at how good of a service I offer? You? <laughs> right, exactly. And look at to like look at how like the effort I'm putting into listening to your stuff, as opposed to like sitting at an airport. Right. It's like, it's like these people are paying you, man. Right. It's like, why don't you? And you can get something close. And like, I've played around with masters. Like, if I'm overseas, like in China or something like that, I'm bored. I'm jet lagged. It's yeah. super early in the morning. Yeah, I'll turn on my laptop and I'll screw some settings and I'll see if it translates onto my speakers or my, like, laptop speakers. Sure. I mean, whatever. But, like, people are paying you. Right. And, I mean, I'm not going to screw with people's money and I'm going to try to do the best job I can for them. Right. And I don't want to have to be, like, I wonder if they can hear when I'm doing it on headphones as opposed to my monitors. It's like, I'm not going to play that game with somebody's money because they're trusting me. Right. And... I want to deliver the best product I can for them as opposed to, let me see if I can get away with this. It's right, like, exactly. It's like, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think you're dead on. So, and then kind of back onto speakers, I saw, I think I think B&W is running an ad right now that mm-hmm. has this in it, but it's also on their website. Uh, John Bowers has a quote that uh, the best loudspeaker, you can even put monitor, near field, uh, the best loudspeaker isn't the one that gives the most. It's the one that loses the least. Yeah. And I think whenever you're looking for some type of monitoring or whatnot, it's like I think that's what you should look for. Yeah. Whether it is Bowers and Wilkins or whether it's PreSonus or right. Behringer or Proac or Genelec, whatever. Right. It's just it's not the one that gives the most. It's the one that loses the least. Yeah. So I really like that, so I put that at the end. I love it. Cool. So... Well, I think I think we've covered it. It's like holy crap. It. That's a lot. That was a lot. <laughs> but you know, it's an important thing. If you if you can't hear things correctly, then how are you going to fix them? That's it. You know? And that's what people pay us to pay us, you know, produce mix, master whatever you're doing like you're getting paid to be the expert and hear things that people aren't hearing and and you know, make great music. So if you can't hear things correctly, I don't know how you do that. Um, yeah. That's my opinion. Superpowers. Superpowers. Superpowers yeah. that I do not have. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. That's it. So, uh, yeah, thank you to everybody who keep... T- y'all just keep on tuning into this. Yes, so, thank you. Thank you very much. We have like 13 five-star reviews on iTunes. Please yeah. keep that up. I mean, that's like more than generous, but yes. we're going to we're gonna see if we can get that up there. Um, I mean, right now we are three days from being two months launched. And let me refresh our metric screen. We currently are at... When we started this episode, we were at 4,973 listens, right, or downloads. Right now, we're at 4,992 listens. Woo. So we're eight listens away, which we will break tonight. We will break yeah. 5,000 tonight. Yeah. So thank you to everybody who is tuning in and who is, like, eating this up. Please keep, uh, please keep sending in your info. Sam and I love getting, uh, I don't want to call it fan mail. I mean, that's pretty... Uh, it's just affirmation <laughs> that this has some value to someone. <laughs> yeah, there was some guy in New York who who's in audio school or music school who messaged yeah. Sam and showed his professor, and his professor told the whole class, "Hey, you should listen to this." It's like, holy yeah. crap, thank you. 
right. so keep doing that like let's keep getting the word out there and yeah it's incredible i mean apparently in two months to be doing this on a podcast i mean something's going right so thank you very 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 yes, much thank you so much so sam do you have anything else for the people out in podcast land uh i think just you know one of the most important things is whatever you're having have a good one morning afternoon or night whatever y'all are having have a good one have a good one y'all take care thanks for tuning in thank you cue the music sam cue in cue in